Welcome to a brand new edition of Yuans in the cold light of Watford Friday night. A damaging loss, a pathetic loss, a devastating defeat for Watford against Brentford at the Brentford Community Stadium on Friday night under the lights in the Premier League. William Truster Kong's grievous and absolutely unforgivable challenge on Godos in the penalty area in the 94th minute of the game that Watford could have got a point out of was the difference in this contest. But it wasn't all William Truster Kong. It was Watford's back line in the final 15 minutes that really let the team down, but especially throughout the half, the second half of the game. I'm Omar Moore. I'm going to get right to it. I'm going to get right to it because this is a defeat that is going to damage the psyche of Watford. No questions asked. They are very fortunate that the next game is only five days away. But now all the pressure is on this team to perform to the best of their ability. And they've only had maybe five games this season where they performed well. And I'm not even talking about the ones they've won. I'm talking about the performances against Chelsea. I'm talking about the performance that they had against Manchester City in the second half of that game, even though they lost. I'm talking about performance against Arsenal, which they lost that game in. There were performances in these games that Watford lost that were far better than what we saw on Friday night at the Brentford Community Stadium. And to put salt in the wounds and to remind everybody of how we lost this game on Friday, you need... Listen no further than to this piece of audio. There's a lovely ball forward, not such a good one back from Godos, but he still breaks Brentford's way. Morgoth saw the runs ahead of him, but he couldn't pick any of them out. Back for Frank Onyeka. Janet. Morgoth. Godos going down. Penalty to Brentford. In the fourth minute. The Kong couldn't resist. And Brentford get a chance to win it. Having trailed into the 84th minute of the night. Well, he's done so many good things tonight, William Trister Kong. That's a really poor defensive decision. Have to be so sure. Go into ground in the 18-yard box. Real silly challenge to give away. Never going to get the ball. Just, just got to hold Godos up there. Real moment of madness from him, really. You have to say, they never really nailed it down on this right-hand side. Brentford created a couple of overloads. That's how they get in initially. And that is a really poor bit of defending this late in the game. What an opportunity for Brian Umbermo to take all three points. And Brian Umbermo took full advantage of that opportunity, converting the penalty past Daniel Backman. 2-1 Brentford. That was your final score. It was just absolutely unsightly from Watford 
in that second half, especially those final 15 minutes where they really did not know whether they were coming or going defensively. It was an atrocious display of defending. And this has been the bugaboo for the entire season for Watford. Ranieri had started to turn the balance a little bit in some of these games. The game against Arsenal, we fell to an unfortunate and unlucky goal that should have been called and ruled out for the foul on Ismail Assar a few weeks ago. That was a month ago now, just a bit about a bit more than a month ago. Then we have the game that we, uh, I think, were competitive in. Uh, well, actually, we had the Manchester United game next, and we uh, dominated that, thoroughly deserved to win it. 4-1 was the final score there. Then we had the game that... Um, well, you know, the Leicester game was the game, wasn't it? That we should have won as well. Truce to Kong, again, just hurts you. Hurts you. Hurts you in these big moments defensively. Ducking under the ball. I, I, what, what is that? And that's absolutely abominable. That should have been, you know, after that game, Truce to Kong should have been made to walk all the way back from Leicester to Watford. He really should have. This was an inexcusable display and that moment in that first half where we dominated Leicester and absolutely gave the game to them thanks to that particular play that turned the whole game around and dictated um, where we were going to keep having to fight from behind tonight we ended up losing from ahead that's what happened tonight we lost from in front because we were too deep in the second half and once again William Truter Kong has hurt this team and he knows it. He knows it. That was painful audio to listen to. That was uh, audio that I don't normally play when we don't win these games. But we need to hear that audio. And as painful and as frustrated and as angry and as dejected and as fed up as we are as Watford fans, with these pitiful defensive performances and these errors and these really pathetically stupid mistakes that get made in these games. This is really one of the, I think, the worst defeat of the season. No, I'm not, it's not 5-0. But I'm talking about the way the game management went that was really shocking in the way Watford managed to lose from ahead in this game. 1-0 up, first half, the goal from Emmanuel Dennis, who obviously, as I have kept saying, and as many other Watford fans I'm sure would agree, is the most important player Watford have. It's not Ismail Assar, it's not the goalkeeper's, it's not, well, Sissoko's a close second, uh, but it's really Dennis. Dennis is not Josh King, it's Emmanuel Dennis. As, Wat, as Dennis goes, so do Watford. And quite frankly, Emmanuel Dennis was, was missing um, in key parts of the second half of this game, uh, unfortunately. But I'm not going to train my lasers on Emmanuel Dennis. Uh, I think that he, he had a decent game, very good game. For the most part, um, the forward line was not the problem here. I would have liked Josh King to have a few more shots. But the point is, is that some of the midfield play was not good enough tonight. I think Sissoko, I think he played well. But the real culprit in the midfield 
tonight was Kuchka. He was not effective. He was very ineffective. It puzzles me as to why the player, the player in midfield who, who has been good, he didn't have a great game against City, but who does? Imran Lausa. I don't know how Lausa or Lusa, however you pronounce his last name, he was losing out tonight because, incredibly enough, he didn't play and didn't start the game. He should have. And, and Kuchka was just an absolute butcher's mess. He just did not perform the way you should. He was hacking the ball, whacking the ball. Um, he was just all over the map. And that unsettled that back line too, by the way. I'm not going to say it's all Kuchka, but when you have someone sitting back of you, in, in front of you, uh, above your back four, and he is whacking the ball and short passing it and getting passes kicked, picked off, uh, that does not inspire confidence. And that keeps everybody nervous. And they defended deep. They defended deep the entire second half. It was unacceptable football, unacceptable defending. And one of the things I talked about in the Friday Focus on the YouTube at the UORN's WFC YouTube channel, and please subscribe, is that what Watford were going to have to do to win this game is to be defensively disciplined and play team defense. That was going to be the remit for Watford. And I, I felt that the game would not have more than three goals in it. I said that in the Friday focus. And I also said, once again, as if, Wat, if Watford were to get the odd goal in those three and win two goals to one, they were going to have to play with very good game management in this game. And they were going to have to defend with discipline and defend as a team. And that did not happen in those final 15 minutes of that contest uh, at the Brentford Community Stadium. It is a very, very disappointing and extremely painful loss. It is the worst loss of the season. And no, it's not the 5-0 loss to Liverpool. It's this loss that we had against Brentford. Because that game, as poorly as we played in the second half, we played well enough in the first half and we could have got a second goal. But the problem is we didn't take enough chances and Brentford dominated both halves of the game. And this could have been a game where, had we got a second goal, it could have been very different. But the point is, is that we allowed Brentford to roam down the channels too often in both halves of that game. And we were riding on our defense for far too long. Yes, it was a good sec first half display. The first half defensive display was very good. People tracked back. For many, it was very good in that first half. He tracked back. Coverage was excellent. Cathcart's coverage was excellent in that first half. Even True to Kong played well enough in that first half. They kept the clean sheet that they were searching for. And unfortunately, that was not the same in the second half as the Watford defence, for reasons known only to them, decided to sit deep and park a bus somehow against a Brentford side that was going to pick you off they had fired several warning shots to you in the, in the first half. Backman had to make two really good saves in that first half. And Backman would figure later on, of course, in this one. But Backman made two great saves in that first half to keep Brentford at bay. But you knew that Brentford were going to continue to come. And you knew that in the second half, you would have to withstand pressure. So the game plan should have been, and it should always be like this for away teams, particularly when you're Watford away from home, is to withstand that first 15 minutes of the second half. And then once you've withstood that, 
You need to start moving up the pitch a bit more defensively. You have to position yourselves better defensively. You cannot stay hunkered down deep for the entire second half. You are going to concede goals. And for reasons known only to them, they decided to sit deep the entire second half. Brentford just kept coming on and coming on and coming on. And we just kept whacking the ball up into the air. No, And, and then if, if we passed any passes at all in our side of the field, they got picked off by Brentford. The passes weren't even reaching the nearest Watford man. It was lazy. It was sloppy. There was no conviction in the defense in that second half. No cohesiveness. It was shambolic in that second half at the Brentford Community Stadium. And even after Brentford kept coming and we kept withstanding it, we just kept staying deep. We didn't push up the pitch at all. We didn't give Brentford anything at all in the way of fear in that second half. Maybe had one shot on target, maybe, in that second half. Didn't trouble them at all. Didn't sting the palms of the goalkeeper. That's another thing I keep talking about in these games. We must let the goalkeeper and the opposition know that we are here. And we didn't do that tonight against the Brentford goalkeeper. He had nothing to do tonight. He had virtually nothing to do. Okay, we had hit a post after around 23, 24 minutes of the game. And then right after that was when we got the goal. It was an excellent set-piece cross from uh, Tom Cleverley from the corner. And it met the head of Emmanuel Dennis, who headed the ball. He's not really someone who gets balls scoring uh, with headers. But look, he'll take it, heading it into an open net, 1-0 Watford. And and in some in real sense, it was really very much against the run of play that Watford even scored that goal. But what we did is we kept um, reverting to form, um, defended and defended and defended and did so well. I think we did defend it very well that first half, but we didn't string together any real other opportunities beyond the goal that we got. And we hung on to it and we decided second half to sit on the one nil. It's inexplicable how you do that away from home against Brentford. You cannot do that against teams that are going to use the width of the pitch and are going to run at you with the channels. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. There was a very close call that was almost an own goal in that second half. Watford almost put through their back, back of their own net. That's what happens when you're playing deep. That is what happens. Your space is so constricted defensively in that six-yard box and in the 18-yard box that something's going to happen where that ball bounces and bobbles. It's going to ricochet off a defender because you're packed into the 18-yard box and it's going to go in. It almost did before the goal came in that, got, that, we got, that they got the equalizer from. It was a ball that was not properly cleared. It bounced about in that, in that box and I believe it was either a, either, either a header or a, 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 a goal by the foot that went in. I don't even remember that first goal because that one as heartbreaking as that was, was not the one that really killed us. It was not the one that killed us. At that point, as heartbreaking as that was, I would have lived with a 1-1. Would have lived with a 1-1 game. And we were so close, so very close, to getting it at 1-1, getting out of West London with a point. I think at at that juncture, we would have taken the one point. We would have taken the one point. But alas, it didn't happen in the 94th minute. You just heard the audio there earlier. 94th minute of that game. Our game management was poor. And as a result, a penalty is given up. There's no excuse for that. 
That mistake has happened so many times this season. Trusta Kong has made that mistake before. Uh, he's made that mistake against Leicester, of course, where he ducks out, out of the way of the ball. The game against Brighton early in the season, where he doddled on the ball for too long, had his pocket picked. I mean, William Trusta Kong, to me, is not a Premier League standard player. He's just not up to the standard of the Premier League. If Cisco Munoz was not up to the standards of the Premier League as a head coach, William Trusta Kong is not up to the standards of the Premier League as a defender. He is not up to it. And I know that that's harsh to say about a player that you, um, of a team that you support and that I support, but facts are facts. And he has cost us at least three games this season. You know, I think Brighton was one of them, although we didn't play well as a team against Brighton anyway. The game that we lost 2-0. The game against Leicester was definitely one of them. And the game, of course, uh, at the Brentford Community Stadium, that one is going to sting for a long, long time. Unless we win, of course, against Burnley, which I'll get into a little bit later on. But this game that we lost tonight should have been the harshest lesson of this season. And with 11 Premier League losses now, the most of any team in the Premier League, we are looking like a team that is flirting and romancing the championship. I I mean, we are flirting and romancing with the championship at the minute. We have been flirting with the championship for many weeks now. Ranieri is not the issue in this situation, and you will be hearing from him right now because he sounded as exasperated and frustrated publicly as I have ever heard him sound with his Watford charges tonight. Yes, we know. We knew it was a difficult match. Uh, we start well, we score a goal, but we were too nervous. It wasn't the same... Uh, the same Watford, you know, when we want to pass, uh, to keep possession, move the ball quickly. Uh, we played just to put a long ball, ball, long ball and second ball. It's okay. But at the end, it's important, don't make mistakes. Don't make mistakes. We consider two goals, two stupid goals. Uh, the last goal was uh, three mistakes. We have the ball, we want to pass, short, short pass. No, kick a long ball and finish the match twice. And then also the penalty. Stay calm. Follow him and close at the end. But that's a football. That's his Premier League. Uh, now we have to think about next match. That is my philosophy. Tomorrow I'll speak with my players. Why we were so nervous. And uh, okay, we lost the first battle, but there are so many in front. That was as frustrated publicly as I've ever heard Claudio Ranieri with any of his teams. I mean, I've never heard Claudio Ranieri that frustrated publicly, those first few seconds, the first 30 seconds of what you heard there. Claudio Ranieri was absolutely frustrated. And by the way, I have watched this game back. And again, you should see Claudio Ranieri on the sidelines even before they conceded these two goals, especially before they conceded the second goal against Brentford tonight. Claudio Ranieri was was kind of slamming his palms down in the air. He was literally just had his, he kind of slammed his palms down in midair. 
That is as frustrating. He folded his arms really vigorously and very emphatically. I mean, Claudio Ranieri is absolutely foxed. Pardon the pun. As to how this team played so poorly in that second half, you heard him. Why were we sitting so deep? Why were they so nervous? And I would really like to find the answer out to that question. Can any of the Watford players tonight answer that question? I think it comes down, I'll try to have a stab at it as someone who's not a Watford player, but a Watford fan. I think that this comes down to the mentality. Again, it seems like a cliche or a buzzword, but it's not. It's very real. The mentality of this football club, this football team is everything. And if you don't come out in these games, especially in the top league like this one, you are going to get found out. You cannot hide and take a day off in the Premier League because it will find you. The Premier League will find you. If you try to hide from this Premier League, it has a way of sneaking up behind you and saying, boo, and voila, just like that, you go from 1-0 up to 2-1 down. That is the Premier League. And it happens in an instant. It happens... Like that. And tonight Watford found out the hard way. It's not to say that they haven't found this out before this season. Watford have conceded some really poor goals late in games. And we saw this again. uh, We saw this back in the very beginning of the season in a game Watford actually won against Aston Villa. When the uh, play by the left back Adam Messina in that instance. Fouling Bertrand Traore in the penalty box is inexcusable in a game that Watford were leading at that point three goals to one. And that was a silly foul. And it was just like the truth to Kong foul. Except in the game at the beginning of the season, way back on August the 14th at the Vic, Watford had a comfortable two-goal cushion. And that foul was in the 94th minute of that game as well. I believe it was 94th or 95th minute that Adam Messina committed that foul in the very first game of this new Premier League season. And then the penalty kick from Danny Ings, 3-2. That's what made the game 3-2 to Watford against Aston Villa way back in in August on the 14th. First game of the new season. Tonight, same kind of mistake, except there was no room for error because at that point, it was a 1-1 game and all Watford had to do was see that game out and they would have had a point. And they would have, as of this recording of this particular podcast episode, would have been safe away from those bottom three. They would have guaranteed themselves another week of not being in the bottom three. But William Kong decided to do the most unimaginably foolish thing you can do as a defender. Leave your feet with a attacking player running toward the byline. That is unimaginably foolish for me. If you simply follow, or I should say, if he simply follows, Matt Goddard, I think is his name, to the byline, the game is going to be over and Watford are going to come away from West London with a point. They're going to take the 22 or 23 mile trip back to Hertfordshire, back to South West Hertfordshire, 
with a win. They, uh, excuse me, with a point. They're going to. If all he has to do there, true to Kong, is stay on his feet. There is no room for Godos to cross the ball. So what he would have to do there, Godos, is to try to strike, hope to hit the ball on True to Kong's hands or something to get a penalty. But True to Kong at that point can't possibly be in a position where he's going to handball anything because Goddess is heading literally toward the Brentford fans that are right behind that goal. His direction is right toward those Brentford fans. If he keeps running, he's going to literally run into the advertising hoarding, the electronic hoarding. And I don't know why on earth True to Kong decided to leave his feet and slide tackle into Godos, who's going nowhere. He's not going anywhere toward the goal. He's going toward the Brentford fans. That, to me, spells two things. Not only is it a foolish decision, but it's laziness and it's a lack of confidence defensively. You do not trust yourself, and that also means you don't trust your own defenders to pick you up. Because if you follow Godos and he happens to get a ball in, across that that goal, you are counting, I guess, on defenders not doing their jobs. And that means that there is some lack of confidence, not just in the uh, one defensive player who makes the atrocious, atrocious mistake. But there's also obviously some a lack of confidence in the rest because you as a defender have got to believe in the rest of your defenders. And if you are going to ground to stop an attacking player, that tells me two things. I'll repeat it again. You don't have any confidence. You're lazy. And I'll add a third. You don't believe in your defenders. You don't believe in your teammates defending. Why else would you make such a stupid challenge? It's unfathomable. Unfathomable to me. Yeah, and I sound this way because I am upset at the way Watford closed this game down. One of the things I called for on Twitter at WFC, and you could please follow me there, WFC on Twitter. One of the things I called for uh, earlier on before the game started was to have the defensive discipline. I talked about this with the Friday Focus, but we had to have the defensive discipline and game management, and we just did not. That slide tackle for the penalty reminded me of the Serialta slide tackle against Wolves. I remember all these games like they were all played yesterday. The game against Wolves that we lost at home 2-0. We'll play Wolves in the next couple of weeks. But the game we lost against Wolves uh, 2-0 at the Vic earlier this season. Same thing. Both goals down to Serialta errors. One of them, Serialta left his feet, went to ground. The, uh, the Wolves player waited for him to go down, and then it was an easy uh, pass into the back of the net. And that was that. And Wolves came out of the Vic with, with three points. And that was a Wolves side that didn't do anything in that game. And, you know, this is the thing that really hurts. And so I, you see these errors again. When you see Watford players making these same mistakes, it isn't for the first time we've seen this this season. They make the same mistake defensively. And it's not Ranieri because what Ranieri had done over these last few games against bigger and better opposition than Brentford was to get us playing good football and get the balance right. And they were starting to do that. 
They were starting to do that in these games. They played very well against Chelsea. It was agonizing that they didn't get at least a point there. Should have got all three. Very agonizing game that was. But none was more agonizing than this loss tonight at Brentford. The bad habits continue to linger in this Watford side. And the defense is a shambles in these games when it really, really counts. We still have not kept a clean sheet this season. We have 11 Premier League losses to our name this season. And we are so, so close to dropping into that bottom three. And by the time you listen to this, it is very possible that Watford FC could be in the bottom three. After this break, more on the defense and asking the question of who ultimately is accountable. Welcome back to a brand new edition of Yoot In the cold light of Watford Friday night Brentford 1, Watford 2 in the Premier League Match day number 16 And it was not a sweet 16 for Watford As this 16th game of their Premier League season Ended in a defeat It was an agonizing, painful, excruciating, frustrating, heartbreaking, absolutely maddening loss for Watford as they fall to defeat 2-1 to Brentford after taking a 1-0 lead and keeping a clean sheet for 83 plus minutes or so and amazingly finding a way to lose from ahead. But this is not unlike Watford. We have seen this in the past, whether it's been in the Premier League or in the Championship. And we have seen these kinds of painful defeats. I've seen this a million times before. I've seen this in games in the Premier League before that Watford have played. It's a game that they blew two, a 2-0 two lead in against Everton years ago. And they ended up losing that game 3-2 with a goal uh, conceded in the final minutes and a Tom Cleverley penalty miss. I mean, I can go through all of these. I can go through the game against Everton again. Both of these are Goodison Park, where Everton were literally seconds away from losing the game. But Lucas Dina, I think, had a free kick and scored it off of a Decore uh, mistake. I can go on every... And it ended up Everton 2, Watford 2. I can go through every one of these games where Watford had a lead late and and absolutely collapsed and ended up either drawing or losing altogether. Um, and tonight, tonight is another one of these. And this one may be the most excruciating of all because Watford, at least, were on course to get their first away point um, since the Everton game where they won 5-2. That was back in November. Or, or goodness gracious me, it feels like forever ago now that they got that away win. And Watford had started this game well enough. They played the ball faster up the pitch. They looked really good in that respect, forward thinking. And even though they did not 
um, have a whole lot of chances in the first half. I think they fashioned a number of opportunities, a few and far between though, and hit the post. And then, of course, right after that, getting the goal off Tom Cleverley's corner uh, that was headed in really well from Eman- by Emmanuel Dennis. But the, the chances were few and far between tonight for Watford. Didn't fashion enough going forward, but I still think um, the forward line did as well as it could under the circumstances against the Brentford side that were pressing at times and that were looking very active on the defensive front. What is more frustrating about this game, the obvious defeat, but the fact that they lost to a Brentford side, did Watford, who had three of their players missing, three of their best players missing, Ethan Pinnock. And you could tell that the Brentford defence had missed him. They looked a bit disorganised, a lot disorganised in that first half. And I think what happened is, is that their manager, Thomas Frank, reorganised them at half time, and you saw the difference. You saw how they, they played a lot, lot tighter defensively. And it made a huge difference in that second half of the game. And a Brentford side without Ethan Pinnock, who is one of their leaders in their defence, uh, a Brentford side without Ivan Tony. Um, who last season in the championship scored at least 30 goals, by, uh, by far and away the best goal-scoring total, in, um, not only in, in the championship, but in all of English football. And a, a player, a, a Brentford team, excuse me, who were without Sergi Canos, who was suspended after picking up uh, accumulation cards, or I think something of that nature, or got sent off in the game against Leeds, where Brentford got a 2-2 draw there. Last-minute goal there by Leeds. So, you know, so that turned around for Brentford this week. That turned around for them today, tonight. But a, a Brentford side that had those three players missing, three top players for them, and we still managed to lose to them, that is as painful as the loss itself. That we happened to lose to them with three of their better players out. And Brentford, at times, were not playing well in this game. And yet, they still managed to win. Because we decided to play a very negative type of football in that second half of our defence, with our hunkering down, defending as if we are standing on the edge of a cliff. That was how Watford were tonight in that second half. We defended this game as if we were standing on the edge of a cliff while we defended It was that bad. And as you heard Claudio Ranieri say, it was nervous. They were nervous. And they did not need to defend deep. There was no need for that. You never do that with a 1-0 lead away from home. And you never do that for the entire second half of the game. You're not going to fare well against a team that keeps pressing forward like this. And in the Premier League, all it takes is one mistake. And you saw the one mistake. Like I say, I don't even remember how the second, the first goal went in. I, I, I don't even remember how that happened. But all I know is, is that second goal, that penalty, really meant curtains for us. And what I now question is the fragility of this team. What is the psyche of this Watford side going into the game against Burnley? And by the way, who is accountable ultimately for this Watford loss? Because... Although Ranieri made a couple of decisions that I think for the first time as Watford manager, Watford head coach, he got a little bit outfoxed, again, excuse the pun, from his former days, his previous days at Leicester. But I think he did get a little outfoxed tonight in a couple of moves. One of them was putting Ken Semmer on the pitch. And granted, it was really great to see Ken Semmer 
coming back into the squad. But I don't know that he should have played this particular game. I really think that was not really the remit to put him into a game um, like this particular one. I think this one required more of what we had on the field. And I do think that um, not having Lauser on this uh, side tonight hurt. Um, I should say not putting him in the game hurt. This game did get decided in that midfield. I said that in the Friday focus that the midfield was going to be important. And you saw why, because Kuchka had a horrible game in midfield. He, he was not good. And that's the Jekyll and Hyde with Kuchka now, you know. Um, he started fairly well for Watford in his Watford uh, starts early on. But then, you know, he became much more of a Jekyll and Hyde type of player. Sometimes he has it, sometimes he does not. He takes a shot or two sometimes. Tonight, he didn't have any real shot at all. And he was whacking the ball all over the place. Didn't know where the ball was going to go. It was frightful to watch him um, tonight. Um, you know, listen, I'm being very harsh, but maybe not. Because, you know, this is an excruciating loss. And this is a loss that can really put the psyche of this side um, in, into, into severe question. It really could. And now the uh, Burnley game on Wednesday is the, the must win of the lot now. You know, we've got to get the win there. A, a point to me is not going to be good enough because we don't know, at least as I'm recording this, um, Burnley have not yet played and they will play this weekend. And so by the time you listen to this, Watford could, as I said earlier, they could be in the bottom three. Maybe they could not be in the bottom three. It's very possible that they will stay outside the bottom three. And they will then go into the game against Burnley just above the bottom three. And that is the game they've got to win now. That's the game they must win. A team that's below them, a team that's struggled this season, a team that has um, been showing signs of improvement but have not been any good um, enough and not been consistent enough. You know what Burnley's game is. Now the question is, what kind of Watford are we going to see? to counter that game that Burnley are going to play. And I want to get back to the question earlier. Who is accountable for the defeat at Brentford? Now, of course, the players are. The head coach, is it really his fault? Like I said, you know, there are a couple of substitutions that weren't perhaps right and maybe the starting lineup, there could have been one player that should have been in there he made three changes, did Ranieri, from the previous game. And uh, Lauza should have been in the game to start with. I really think he should have been. And it turned out that he was not. And as a result of that, it affected the way the midfield played. I thought Suzuka still had a good game. Is it the head coach is responsible for this loss? I really don't think so. I really don't think so. These players have to, be, have to look in the mirror and stand up and be counted. It's not the manager. It's not his issue. It's not his fault. Maybe there were a couple of things the manager got right and maybe there were a couple he got wrong a lot more uh, so with the starting lineup than with anything else. But these players have to look themselves in the mirror and then I think the board has to look itself in the mirror. I think the board is ultimately accountable for this game tonight. I really do. I, I think so. Because I don't think the board has learned yet that cruel lesson of 2020 when we got relegated. I don't think the board's learned. Yes, we went straight back up, but the board hasn't learned. 
You have got to invest in defenders. When you come back into the Premier League, you cannot outscore everybody. You are not Liverpool and you are not Manchester City. Those are the two teams in the Premier League who can outscore anyone. Not even Chelsea can outscore teams. There are only two teams in this Premier League who can outscore opponents at will. Liverpool and Manchester City. That's it. Manchester City and Liverpool are the only two. And right now, those teams are one and two in the table in the Premier League going into the games this weekend. The Watford board has a lot to answer for. And the biggest, most glaring thing is not spending and not investing in defenders enough in the summer transfer window. We've all talked about that as Watford fans. This Watford board has got to face some music here because this is not good enough. How can you go into a brand new Premier League season with all the quality that you've got in the Premier League and not invest sufficiently in defending? Not sufficiently invest in your defense? And you see, it's come back to bite you. It's come back to bite you. And it's cost you. Because now we've gone first 16 or 17 games of this season. The first 16 games or so, we have not had a clean sheet. And there's no accident as to why that's happened. It's because we've not invested in defending and getting enough defenders in. All the midfielders in the world have come in here and we're not even playing half of them. Dan Gosling, when has he ever played a Premier League game? For about two minutes, two seconds this season? I don't know if he ever has appeared in the Premier League this season for Watford. Peter Atebo's out injured. Cleverly gets a game here and there. Started in the game on Friday night. Lauser's drifting in and out. Suzoko's a mainstay. And he's leading, leading well. Where are, why are we spending all this money and all this investment on midfielders, and we're not even looking at defense. Why? Why did we not bring in three other defenders in this summer window? Why didn't we do that? Why did Matty Pollock get put on a season-long loan? I mean, if you're going to keep the lot that were in the championship last season, then you might as well have tried with Matty Pollock to do something. He's a young defender, okay, but still, give him a go. Could he be any worse than what we've got? Could he, could he be any worse than Truce to Kong? Could it be any worse? We need spine and we need steel and we need it in our defense. And the board did not sufficiently address it. And as a result, you have a Watford team that's played 16 games now, I think it is, 16 or 17 games, and they've got no clean sheet. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable at any speed. There is no way that you can abide by that. 
There's no way you can abide by that in the Premier League. 16 games played. You lost 11 of them. Your goal difference is minus 10. If Burnley, who've got two games in hand on Watford, before we even get to the games from Saturday onwards, if Burnley win their game this weekend, they are going to be out of the bottom three. They're going to be out of the bottom three. If Newcastle win by four clear goals, they too will be out of the bottom three, or just about. Very depends on... It depends, actually. Norwich City are going to be in the bottom three no matter what happens this weekend. But Burnley and Newcastle, either one of those two teams, will be out of the bottom three if they win. If Burnley win their game, they will be out. If Newcastle win by four clear goals, it's possible that they will be out. But your bottom three right now in the Premier League, excuse me, your bottom four right now in the Premier League, Watford on 13 points in 17th place, Burnley on 10 points in 18th, Newcastle on 10 points in 19th, and Norwich rock bottom on 10 points in 20th. Minus 23 goal difference for Norwich. So they are, no matter what happens this weekend for Norwich, as they play Manchester United, they will be in the bottom three. Newcastle, minus 13 goal difference. Burnley, minus seven. Watford, minus 10. This board has to look itself in the mirror and start to answer the hard questions that they will have to ask themselves. Because Watford fans have been down this road before and have been telling the board that it has got to do better. Got to do better. I've heard from Watford fans who've had it with Scott Duxbury. I've heard Watford fans who have had it with Gino, quite frankly. And, you know, Gino has done so much for this club. And so, you know, I I don't think that I think that's pretty harsh to be going at Gino. But I've heard from Watford fans who have. Scott Duxbury has to look over his shoulder and consider his position now, I think. Because Scott is a passionate man. He cares about the club. There's no question about it. But uh, if you can't learn the lessons from what happened in 2020, despite the promotion, and the board chooses for some reason not to invest more seriously in defending. There's got to be accountability taken there somewhere. And I like Scott Duxbury. I think he does care about this club. But how can the board take itself seriously if it is not going to sufficiently invest in defenders? And that failure to sufficiently invest in your defense manifested itself in the game at Brentford. The players must stand up and be counted and they must look in the mirror. There's no question about that. 
But this board has got to start looking in the mirror as well. I really think that they have to. And after a cruel game like this, for us to lose the game in this manner, we really have to win that game at Burnley on Wednesday. That really is, for me, as far as Watford are concerned, a do-or-die scenario. It's not that Watford are going to get relegated if they lose the game against Burnley. But for sure, if they do lose the game against Burnley, they will be in the bottom three. I think they're going to get something out of the game at Burnley on Wednesday. I am confident that they will. I don't know how they're going to get it done. But I know and I feel that they will get it done. I am confident about it. If anybody can pull a rabbit out of a hat, if anybody, when the chips are down, can turn around and say, we are not done here. It is Watford Football Club. Against all the odds. No one had us beating Manchester United and no one had us going into Goodison where we had never won before. In all of our history, And scoring five goals to get that win. The game on Wednesday is massive now. And it goes without saying. When I come back, some final thoughts. Welcome back to this brand new edition of Yuan's. In the cold light of Watford Friday night. Brentford 2, Watford 1. I'm Omar Moore. Some final thoughts about Watford. And of course this game is done and dusted now in the books. It's on to Burnley on Wednesday. Up at Turf Moor. A difficult place to play against a team that make it difficult to play. Burnley are disruptors and of course... I will be back during the week, early next week, to talk about the focus on what Watford need to do against this Burnley team. But the thing to keep in mind are the next games are games that are winnable for Watford. These are winnable games. The game at Burnley is a winnable game despite the run of form for Watford. The game at home against Crystal Palace which would come after the game against Burnley, is a winnable game for Watford. The game away to Wolves is actually a winnable game for Watford. I do not think Wolves, despite their position in the table, have played all that well this season. I really don't. They have had some good games, don't get me wrong. They've played very well in their defeats. I think in some cases they've played much better in their defeats than they have in their wins. Not all of their defeats, because they've lost, I think, four or five games. But I think they have played better in some of their defeats than they have in some of their wins. They certainly played better uh, in some of their defeats that they had um, earlier in the season against Manchester United, where they lost 1-0 to them. They played better in that game than they played against us when they beat us 2-0 at the Vic. I think the game at Wolves is winnable and we have won at Wolves in the past. Different Wolves team, different Wolves manager. But Watford have shown you that when they are on their game, they are tough to deal with, as Everton found out. 
I am looking at a team that, although they performed poorly on Friday night, are going to rejuvenate themselves against Burnley. And I feel very optimistic about the game against Burnley. They cannot play as poorly in that game on Wednesday coming up as they did in the second half of the game tonight against Brentford. They cannot play that poorly again, can they? Can they really play as bad as that again in a a game where they had game management to do for the final 15 minutes and couldn't find a way to do it? Can they possibly play as bad as that in five days' time? I don't think they're going to play as bad as that. And I think they're going to get something out of the game. Whether it's a point, whether it's three, I don't know. But I think they're going to get something out of that game. And they will need to against a Burnley side that are below them, at least at the time I am recording this particular episode. So Burnley's next. After that, it's home to Crystal Palace. And then we close out the 2021 portion of the season with... An away game at Wolves. And then a home match against West Ham. That's what we're doing in the final four games of the 2021 portion of the season. Away to Burnley. Home to Crystal Palace. Away at Wolves. Home to West Ham. That is what our final four games of the 2021 portion of the season look like. And then we start the year, by the way, the brand new calendar year of 2022 with a home game against Tottenham Hotspur on January 1st. That's the game after the West Ham game. We have two home games in succession. West Ham on, I think it was on the 28th of December or so, maybe the 30th of December, 30th of December, the 28th or the 30th of December. And then the 1st of January, it's a home game again against another uh, London club. So you've got two London clubs either side of uh, the new year. West Ham to end 2021 and Spurs to begin 2022. This is a very difficult time now for Watford on the pitch. Very difficult time. And yes, I do believe in getting behind the lads, but you have to criticize where you have to criticize. And of course, it's not about being negative. It's about being realistic and being honest with yourself about how this team is performing or not performing. I think Watford are going to find their way out of this. I am still sticking to the prediction that I made back in June of this year, that Watford are going to finish 11th. I know that is a distant cry and a laugh right now as we go toward Christmas time in this month of December. But I do believe ultimately that the way Ranieri has this team moving, despite these wretched results, particularly tonight, that we are on the right track to start to pull away from where we are right now. It is a dismal, dismal loss and a dismal spot in the Premier League to be in. 17th place is certainly not relegation, but it is far too close for comfort. 
And tonight was an aberration compared to the last four or five performances that we've had, generally speaking. Defensively, we were not at it in that second half at Brentford. And it cost us. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, the Uorns podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and numerous other platforms. Don't forget to spread the word about the podcast as well. Don't forget to subscribe to the Uorns WFC YouTube channel. Just type in Uorns WFC in the YouTube search bar and you will get the YouTube channel for Uorns WFC and subscribe please don't forget to spread the word about the channel and also do not forget to visit the uorns.com merchandise store merchandise that is created and designed by yours truly for the uorns podcast uorns.com is the place to shop for merchandise right now thank you very much for listening to this latest episode of Yuans, I'm Omar Moore, and until next time, Yuans.